Irish NFL show. Firstly, thank you for listening to the show. We truly appreciate all our listeners. If you are enjoying the show, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. It makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show, and we would massively appreciate it. Also, reach out to us on social media. We love interacting with listeners and with fans from wherever you are in the world. And with that said, on with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Irish NFL show, a special Notre Dame-based episode today. And I am delighted to be joined uh, by a beat writer uh, with the South Bend Tribune. You can find his work at ndinsider.com. Mike Bernardino, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Cullum. Thanks for having me. This is a, a treat. Yeah, well, it's it's great to to chat to you. And um, obviously, we had a, a few of the players who came over on a trip, about five of the players, a couple of weeks ago. They spent a week here in Ireland, got the opportunity to, to talk to them. They met with some of our kind of local players and coaches here. They went out to the West Coast. And really, kind of got to got to go to the stadium on their last day to see what it'll be like uh, in in August. Are are you looking forward to making the the trip over across the Atlantic? Oh, certainly. That's I've never been to Ireland, or, or and uh, the idea of of covering that that game and that venue, beautiful venue from the photos and from what people have said. Um, I can imagine, uh, you know, how much electricity there will be around that game. At, I've not booked my flight or my accommodations yet. Shame on me, but I do intend to be there. And uh, we're, if this goes well enough, perhaps you have a spot in the corner of your uh, of your of your study there. I can I can just sleep on the floor. But uh, it's uh, it, no, we're all looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting for the the guys, obviously, because they arrived over and JD's dad actually had won um, a school's rugby title, which is a big, big deal. I can tell you at Dublin and that weekend, um, and it, it was so unfortunate he didn't get to, to stay for it because Ireland played England in rugby uh, to win uh, the, the Grand Slam. And the atmosphere in the Aviva where the game will take place was absolutely electric and I suppose I'm wondering you know there is huge excitement on this side of the Atlantic about Notre Dame coming to visit and we remember the times that they've been over uh, here in the past is there a lot of talk in South Bend about the the Irish coming to Ireland I think well spring practice is going on right now it's um it'll be finishing up on the 22nd of April with a blue gold game uh, just pretty much a glorified practice but we're it's still we're far enough away from it that I don't know that folks have uh, gotten to the buzz uh, yet. But they if anyone who hasn't uh, booked their flight yet or their accommodations, I, I think uh, like like I, the situation I'm in, you better start uh, thinking about it. Um, no, it's uh, I I do think that Notre Dame plays in a number of of uh, unique venues annually, but this one of course is uh, an, another level of uh, of curiosity, and I do expect uh, a Notre Dame Nation, a, a worldwide brand, to descend upon your country and and uh, uh, you know and be uh, boisterous. Uh, and of course, you know the last time Notre Dame uh, faced Navy wasn't that long ago. It was in November and uh, in Baltimore in the NFL home of the Ravens. And you know that was regardless of where this rematch would be taking place, and it's an annual 
uh, game, one of the longest running uh, rivalries aside from the COVID year that, that where Notre Dame played in the ACC uh, as a kind of a, a special guest member. But um, Navy uh, made that one very interesting. That, that that was like, it looked like it was going to be a complete runaway. It was 35 to 13 at the half and ended up being 35-32 and Notre Dame holding on for dear life. So I think the the, the game itself um, is compelling, and then you, you add in these other factors. But if Notre Dame uh, goes, if any of these guys go over there thinking about, uh, you know, this is a, a glorified a sightseeing uh, a journey, uh, that would be a mistake. Uh, Navy has a new coach. Uh, they elevated the defensive coordinator, Brian Newberry, but um, I do think that uh, the, the matchup alone is, is compelling. Yeah, and I suppose one of the things that um, you ha wrote about recently, and you do a, a fantastic job covering the the team. And for our listeners, definitely, um, you know, if you are interested in um, Notre Dame and Notre Dame football, cannot recommend Mike stuff highly enough. And and we will ensure that we get all the links in the show notes. But you talked about uh, potentially a, a new starter at QB uh, for Notre Dame for the twenty twenty three season. Um, it. You know, obviously, look, as you mentioned earlier, we're still in the spring. Uh, things are yet to, to play out. But will we see somebody new under center? Uh, almost certainly. The uh, Right now, uh, it's a spring battle where the rep, the repetitions in practice for the first team unit are being split almost equally for the limited portions the media sees. We don't get to, to attend all of the practices, we, which is just as well. But uh, uh, that we um, will we'll get another long look tomorrow at it. But Sam Hartman is the front runner. He's the graduate transfer from Wake Forest down in North Carolina. And he was highly sought after the minute he entered what they call the transfer portal. You know about that. That's a recent uh, development here. And Notre Dame did very well in the transfer portal with Jack Cohn from Wisconsin just two years ago. He was this, the first time Notre Dame had reached into the portal for uh, a starting quarterback, and and he went the distance. Tyler Buckner was kind of the the at that time a freshman with the ability to beat you running or throwing, but more so was a change of pace backup quarterback. But he did get into a number of games. Well, Tyler Buckner, last seen winning the Gator Bowl MVP uh, honors uh, down in Jacksonville, leading Notre Dame uh, to a wild win over uh, South Carolina from the Southeastern Conference. Tyler Buckner not. Um, expected to outdo Sam Hartman this spring, or even if they don't announce a starter into the into August, by it far and away, if if Sam Hartman's healthy, he's going to be the starter. But they do want competition. Marcus Freeman believes in, and all of his coaching staff believe in the, the power of com competition at every spot. Uh, no one should just uh, roll their their helmet out there uh, and expect to uh, to maintain their starting role. But uh, Hartman does bring a different element, one that Notre Dame fans are very eager to see, especially with some younger receivers um, out wide that can get open in ways that Notre Dame receivers traditionally haven't been able to. And I suppose you mentioned Marcus Freeman there in terms of, you know, the expectations for Notre Dame and, and you know, uh, what fans in Dublin can look forward to. What what is the, the the thinking in in South Bend around what 2023 might look like in terms of the the uh, the team's approach and you know what 
look, everyone, every every year, it's no different, no matter who you support. Um, and in any sport, you always want to see your team win. But uh, how um, competitive is this Notre Dame team likely to be, Mike? Well, uh, very, uh, with the potential, uh, because the schedule does seem friendly. It's, a, again, difficult schedule, but you want to have your toughest games at home. And if Notre Dame can get off to the start that it should, get through uh, that Navy test on your shores, uh, it comes back, sees Tennessee State. There are a couple more, basically, tune-ups leading up to a huge, huge game in uh, September against Ohio State. And that will be at Notre Dame Stadium. And Notre Dame's already announced it'll be wearing its lucky green jerseys in that one. So uh, Ohio State uh, having a still al obviously always a stacked roster, but sending to the NFL some of its top uh, players, including C.J. Stroud, the quarterback. So um, he won't be there. They'll be breaking in a new quarterback. They, for one of the few times Ohio State this year will take the field against Notre Dame, where Notre Dame should have the better quarterback, certainly the, the more proven one in Sam Hartman. And then USC, Southern California, uh, with Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams, he will again be a, a load to stop. He certainly was was unstoppable at the Coliseum last year against Notre Dame. But that that game, as it is, it alternates yearly. This year, it's the USC's turn to come to Notre Dame in mid October. Notre Dame can somehow win those two, hold serve at home in those, and and would be un, undefeated going into the trip down to Clemson um, in November. Last year, Notre Dame had its way with Clemson uh, in, up here, but th that would you get past that one? That's a big one. You get past that one, then you can talk about uh, you know Notre Dame would be in the top five certainly at that point, if not higher, and uh, the chance to get back into the college football playoff and be two games, two wins away from a potential national championship, something that hasn't happened here since 1988. That would be uh, electric as well so that's you can kind of see that in terms of the, the 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 expectation very high and the schedule friendly enough uh with two of the three massive tests on the schedule um set for home games um marcus freeman year two um you know thinking big and uh, i suppose kind of um, building on that a little bit for our listeners here, you know, we there's obviously look, there's a sizable contingent who are very into college football, who will know a lot about Notre Dame. But for those who are maybe less from less familiar, um, but who are looking forward to you know the the pageantry and everything that comes with it, who are some of the the players um, on both sides of the ball that? you know, fans over here should really keep an eye on for that game in, in August. Well, you already had a chance to meet five of them. Uh, they they sent, uh, that's some A-list talent there and personalities. Uh, Audrey Kestame, I was the, the running back. Uh, I spoke with him recently about that Irish jig that he was dancing and that was, yeah. uh, went, that video went viral. And I said, uh, you know, how does that pressure of dancing that jig uh, on in, in Ireland compare with the pressure you have here and he said it was it was no more pressure there's no pressure he's a natural entertainer he, we've heard him sing he says he's better at the dancing than the singing that they'll they'll do those karaoke videos to Notre Dame will put out but he great a great uh, future NFL running back it would appear great story great personality Logan Diggs the running back as well uh led the team in carries last year a, a tremendous uh, uh threat 
running and and receiving. Showed that uh, with a long touchdown grab in the in the Gator Bowl. Uh, great personality as well. You saw Chris Tyree, who was part of what they called the three-headed monster of running backs last year. Well, he's moved in, out to wide receiver. It looks like that that experiment is taking, and he'll still be a big part of things. But Chris Tyree, the probably the fastest player on the team, will, will uh, won't be carrying the ball as much out of the backfield. But it looks like will be a threat for Notre Dame in the passing game. And then you you mentioned J.D. Bertrand, All-America candidate at linebacker, uh, leading tackler on the team, two straight years, tough as nails, uh, impossible to get by him. Uh, you know if he gets his arms wrapped around you. So uh, leader of that defense in the middle at linebacker. You you met uh, Nana Osafa Mensa who is uh, perhaps the uh, one of the heirs to uh, Isaiah Foskey, who is now going off to the NFL, probably a first-round pick in about nine days. Uh, the the all-time sacks leader, you will not see Isaiah Foskey in that game, but you may see, uh, having already met Nana, uh, he's awfully tough to block as well as a defensive end, can get to the quarterback, disrupt things. Um, others, uh, to keep in mind, I, mean, I did kind of tease the young receivers uh, a couple of them are out of Texas, and um, in fact, three of the most uh, fascinating freshman uh, dynamic guys on this team going into 2023 are are unproven Texans, and one is a running back named Jadarian Price. Um, no shortage of talented running backs for Coach Dylan McCullough, the position group leader of that running game, run game coordinator. Jadarian Price coming off a torn Achilles last June. And not participating in spring practice, but he is running. They're just being extra careful, and I expect him to be in the mix uh, come the opener on August 26th. But the two, uh, several wide receivers, but two, the two Texans, Braylon James from the Austin, Texas area, and as well as uh, uh, Jaden Greathouse, those two have fans very excited about what they may be able to do. And Tobias Merriweather, we had one catch last year. It happened to be against Stanford. Uh, uh, nearly saved the day, long downfield touchdown grab, six foot four sprinter speed. Uh, there will be opportunities for Sam Hartman, who likes to to test the defense, likes to push things down the field, give his uh, receivers opportunities to make plays. Um, uh, let them, uh, I guess the Drew Brees term was throw them open. They might appear to be covered, but if you put the ball up and you let you trust their athletic ability and competitive. Ability, then uh, Notre Dame can will be moving the chains. Will be will be a a, di a more dynamic offense uh, than people have seen in many years. Probably going back to Brady Quinn. Yeah, the, so there there are going to be plenty to to look out for. And uh, as as you mentioned, uh, Audric, we we did uh, wonder if uh, we might see uh, that jig rolled out uh, if he gets into the end zone in August. It could be uh, his version of, of the gritty. And uh, Alex Collins, uh, who uh, you know, former uh, NFL uh, running back, used to to roll out the, the Irish jig in the NFL. So maybe Audric can have his uh, his own version of that. Nope. One of the other really interesting pieces that you you wrote uh, recently, Mike, was around I suppose the uh, coaching staff at Notre Dame who are very much in demand. Can you talk to uh, um, listeners here a little bit uh, about that? Well, yes, um, you know, Notre Dame um, obviously had some staff turnover. Not to get too far in the weeds, but the offensive coordinator Tommy Reese um, ends up 
at Alabama this offseason. That's uh, and he'll be calling plays for it. Uh, Nick Saban, Hall of Fame coach, legendary program as well. But that was a loss that Notre Dame plugged in house with with Jared Parker, who had been the tight ends coach, and he's now calling plays. But um, Notre Dame also could have had more uh, leakage in that group because uh, the offensive line coach, uh, very well regarded former NFL offensive line coach with the Chicago Bears, Harry Heastand, he retired. Um, but the NFL, the Ravens in particular, came calling for interviews with Chancey Stuckey, the wide receiver coach, a former NFL receiver himself, um, and the safeties coach, Chris O'Leary. There's a ding, there's a, there's a O'Leary, I'm pretty sure, has Irish roots. Um, and he's excellent and uh, a, a, a future uh, uh, defensive coordinator in waiting. But both of those opportunities were explored. Uh, and I, I would say that Al Golden was on the, the defensive coordinator, was on the periphery of some of the movement that you saw. Former, uh, he was the defensive, uh, he was a linebacker coach for the Cincinnati Bengals when they reached the Super Bowl two years ago. If there had been some movement just so that he might have been, a long story short, uh, Marcus Freeman has put together a staff in which, as he told me, all 10 assistants off of last year's staff were approached, had opportunities to leave either for the NFL or another college program, whether it's a head coach or a, or a, or a lateral move that would have been appealing. And I, I think this will continue. The belief is that um, that's what you do. You hire good people. You let them do their job. You, you feature them. You you offer praise where it's due publicly. You don't you don't they do not keep these assistants from the media the way many other college football programs do. Many many of the NFL programs, NFL teams, uh, you 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 might go the whole season and not talk to a position coach once the season starts. Uh, here throughout the spring, uh, these these op, these young coaches in many cases are given an opportunity to uh, answer any question the media can throw at them. They you know, get about 10 or 12 minutes. They go down to a different part of the practice facility and speak on camera, and they build their brand. Brian Mason, I'd be remiss in, in, uh, in failing to mention that. That's the one that went to the NFL after helping the special teams coach. He's now the Indianapolis Colts special team coach right near his hometown. Um, and Notre Dame last year blocked seven punts, which was – unheard of it was a uh, record for the program going back uh, uh, certainly through the modern era going all the way back to the early 30s and the uh, the coach who followed Newt Rockney was Hunk Anderson Hartley Hunk Anderson and his uh, and had played for Rockney and his guys uh, blocked seven punts in each of 30 1932 and 1933 took all the way until last year Brian Mason's group uh, blocking seven which is just insane, including one against Navy. Uh, Jack Kaiser had the one against Navy, and he'll be in this game um, on the 26th of August. But uh, Brian Mason, off to the NFL. Yeah, that's uh, that's seriously impressive. And in terms of what you're saying about the, the position coaches, it's a shame that you know the, the NFL franchises don't make more of them available. We've had the good fortune on this show uh, to talk to Brennan Daly, uh, who is with the Kansas City Chiefs and has as as, as many rings as uh, he has fingers on on one hand, and uh, was absolutely fascinating. And and to talk to some of the the players, uh, you know, Chris Jones and Frank Clark, and how they talk about him, 
there are so many stories there that that you could uh, get into. So that's that's interesting to hear that Notre Dame do make um, those those guys available. Before I let you go, Mike, just want to touch on you. You mentioned um, Foster earlier, but the draft is coming up pr- uh, pretty quickly, and obviously, um, you know, he is one guy who's getting a lot of talk given um, his his RAS, his relative athletic score was through the charts. I've seen him comped to Jadavian Clowney. Uh, probably not going to go number one overall, but I have seen that comp out there on, on social media. And obviously, the the other is uh, Michael Mayer, who's um, you know, an, another name in terms of, you know, you've been around the, the, the team and, and, and those guys, what are those guys, you know, like we've, we've seen the clips, we've seen them on the field. Um, what, what will they bring to the next level? Well, Michael Mayer, um, you know, we should point out owns every tight end receiving record here at what they like to call tight end. You, you know, you go back, there's hall of famers going back to the days of Dave Casper, um, the Oakland Raider, great, but um, Michael Mayer brings a, a, a just an incredible high energy intellect as well, um, competitiveness, uh, just uh, it, it, impossible to cover almost. One of the things you'd, you'd look at last year was you, one of the ways to chart whether Notre Dame's offense was on the right track or not for me was just to see how many snaps went by before Michael Mayer was the target of a, of a pass attempt. And the problem was they didn't, and Drew Pine, uh, who had his pluses, but also uh, struggled to see the field, there would be sometimes, you know, 20, 30 snaps go by on offense where Michael Mayer didn't see the ball. That was unforgivable. That won't happen in the NFL. He will be featured. I think he'll be excellent from, from the start. And, um, you know, he also, he mentioned at Pro Day here at Notre Dame that, and this, this might uh, amuse you, that he has, uh, he dropped weight. He played last year at about 265 pounds on his six foot five frame. And then to run a faster 40 yard dash just to impress the scouts and, and win the combine, he dropped down to about 240. And he said, I can, I can put on, or, or he said, I can lose or gain weight very easily. You know, so I, I certainly can do the second part. I don't know about the first part. But uh, good on him. So Michael Mayer, I think, will end up playing. He was 252 when he came through back here at Notre Dame in front of scouts a few weeks ago. Uh, Isaiah Foskey is an athletic freak as well and, uh, and, a, and a, a, tech, a, a technician of the game, uh, really uh, studies every aspect of it and, know, and will know the weakness of anyone trying to block him and even who's going to be assigned to, to chip or maybe double team even. Uh, he will get to the quarterback. Um, and so both those guys could go in the first round. After that, I think Brandon Joseph, the safety who came over from Northwestern uh, with, a, with a knack and a reputation for, uh, for ball skills, being able to intercept passes that, uh, that others wouldn't be able to affect. Well, last year, just the one interception uh, played through some ankle injuries or an ankle injury in November that limited him. But Brandon Joseph uh, tested well at the Combine, has uh, a proven record at Northwestern, was an All-America as a freshman uh, for Northwestern. So I think you'll see him probably on day two. And Jared Patterson uh, was a starting center here and doubled a two-time captain, then moved over to guard last year, played through pain as well, had overcome 
off-season surgery on his chest, uh, had a very serious foot injury, um, a sprained foot that he caused him to miss the Ohio State game in the opener, but then he played the rest of the way uh, with special orthotic inserts in his in his cleat. And um, this guy is as tough as they get and, and a, a strong, uh, reliable, uh, everything that the Notre Dame offensive line is known to to create and send on to the NFL. I think those are the four. And there are others that um, will sign if they're not drafted in the sixth or seventh round that will sign as undrafted free agents. And because their ability to play special teams or or, or just pick up the nuances of the game, being Notre Dame guys, that uh, you'll see them stick as well. I'd, um, I wouldn't bet against either of the Adam Alola twins, Jason or Justin. Uh, they're big losses uh, for this program on the defensive line. So, um, yeah, it's going it, to it draft uh, those three days of the NFL draft are always interesting for a Notre Dame football writer. And uh, it's great to see those stories and dreams uh, be realized. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, just because guys don't go in rounds one or two doesn't mean that they can't go on to have absolutely uh, phenomenal NFL uh, c- careers. Mike, you are as knowledgeable as you are entertaining, and I know that listeners will have enjoyed uh, this conversation. Um, if they want to find more of your stuff, where can they go about doing that? Well, uh, the best way would be ndinsider.com. That's uh, our Notre Dame page. It's a subscription, $5 a month. You get all our Notre Dame coverage, not just football. It's uh uh, basketball, men's basketball, women's basketball, et cetera. But ndinsider.com is our South Bend Tribune site for uh, our Notre Dame coverage. I'm on Twitter, as you were, where we first communicated, at Mike Berardino, B-E-R-A-R-D-I-N-O. And you might even check out some of my TikTok videos. Uh, some of them are even in focus, Cullum. It's amazing. And it does seem like uh, people enjoy those practice clips, especially, because we're so lucky doing what we do. I, I don't lose sight of that for a, for a day that uh, it's a privilege to uh, to get an up-close look at, at what's going on behind the scenes. And, and we're there as a conduit to the fans. And uh, whether it's uh, Notre Dame in particular or just uh, you know football in general, if you're curious, uh, check out those videos. But this, uh, this has been a, a pleasure to join you. Well, thank you uh, again. We'll make sure to link to those in the, the show notes. And for anyone listening, definitely would recommend checking out Mike Self and Mike hopefully maybe we can have you on again uh, during the summer months in the the lead up to to that game at the end of August that would be great Colin thank you